0: Welcome to the first episode or first podcast of The Nolan Cast. Uh, the reason why this is called The Nolan Cast is because it's all about Christopher Nolan's um, films. And um, it may even talk a little about about like uh, his screenplays and stuff. Basically all about his filmography. Uh, Christopher Nolan is my favorite director. Um Probably my favorite writer, too. Uh, I know him and his brother, Jonathan, work on a lot of films together. Um, so in this first episode, and I thought I would, you know... Since the first episode, I thought I might talk a little bit about how I got into his movies, like some of the first movies I saw by him when I first became aware of who Christopher Nolan is, because you know how it is, sometimes you can watch the movies of a director and have no idea who the director even is. You know, you're just watching some of his movies, you know. And um, so that's pretty much what happened with me. So I thought I'd uh, explain some of those things and talk about kind of my backstory and how I got into all that. So my first movie I ever saw by Christopher Nolan... Um, was Batman Begins. Now, at this time, I had no idea who Christopher Nolan was, never heard of him. Um, I was still pretty young when this movie came out. Um, I watched it um, literally just kind of one of those spur-of-the-moment kind of movies. You know how sometimes when you go to the movies, um, just because you're bored or something, and you don't really know what you're going to see. You may not even know exactly what's playing until you get to the theater. And that's pretty much kind of what happened here. Uh, my mom and my oldest sister was watching another movie. I cannot remember what movie it was. And me and my younger sister, not she wasn't younger than me, but my older sister, uh, she, uh, me and her were not interested in the movie that they were watching. So we were like, well, we were kind of trying to find another movie we might want to watch. And we saw Batman Begins. It's like, yeah, it might be a fun watch i guess you know i didn't really i'm I'm not the biggest batman fan i wasn't the biggest batman fan and that still holds true to this day i'm not the biggest fan of batman um so you know when i saw the poster for batman begins it just i don't know just didn't really appeal to me so um so but i was like out of all the movie options we had honestly that one looked the most interesting so i was like yeah i could sit there a batman movie And so I went in there and watched it, and boy, oh boy, was I surprised on how much I liked this movie. It was, I thought it was really, really good. Now, my opinions about this movie have changed slightly over the years, but I still really like it. Uh, But I really uh, liked it a lot uh, when I first saw it. It just, my expectations, like I said, were extremely low, and it just blew me away with how good it was. And yeah, so that was pretty much how I watched Batman Begins. Like I said, that was back in 2005, I think, when this movie came out. And I would have been like... I don't know, like thirteen, fourteen. So I was, I was still pretty young. So I had no idea who Christopher Nolan was. Didn't even really know the names of a lot of directors. Uh, the only directors I was really aware of by name was probably Steven Spielberg or James Cameron. I was a big James Cameron fan back when I was a preteen slash teenager. I loved like the Terminator movies, Terminator One and Two, and I, uh, you know, I liked. Um, I even liked Titanic. And uh, I liked a lot of his other movies too, like Aliens, and I also liked uh, like The Abyss and things like that. And so I was a big James Cameron fan, uh, but I didn't know who Christopher Nolan was. But like I said, I really liked this movie when it came out, and I even I think I even winded up watching it again, like when it came out for rent and stuff. So I was like, yeah, we got to watch that movie again because me and my sister talked to told my mom like how much, how good it was and how surprised we were on how like enjoyable it was to watch. <laughs> Uh, so that was the first movie I actually watched by Christopher Nolan, and uh, now the first movie I think I ever watched by him, if my memory serves me correctly, and I actually knew who he was at the, this point, was The Dark Knight Rises. So because when I watched The Dark Knight, I watched The Dark Knight in theater, but I still didn't know who the heck Christopher Nolan was at the time. Um, but I knew about the you know the bat this new Batman series. I knew that The Dark Knight was essentially the sequel to Batman Begins because of uh Christian Bell, you know, was in it. Um and um so yeah. So by the time The Dark Knight Rises came out, by this point, I think it was 2012, so by this point I was like in my early 20s. So By this point, I knew a lot more about directors and uh, screenplay writers and stuff like that, and I had become a much bigger movie fan and become more aware of these people that kind of work behind these movies besides just who the actors are and um, stuff like that. So I had become aware of who Christopher Nolan was. Now, I wasn't familiar with all his films, but I had seen like movies like Inception and... um, the prestige and stuff like that and I became aware of who he was over the years. So the first movie I finally went to theater and watched and by this point I knew who he was. I watched The Dark Knight Rises. And uh when I first saw this movie I was slightly disappointed in some parts. I felt like it felt a little sloppy by the end like everything was kind of too many things were kind of going on at once. It felt kind of crammed together. Um, but there were also parts about it I really really liked too and that's pretty much still my opinion even to this day about this movie it's a it's it's sort of a mixed bag it's uh it's it's really amazing in some parts but then there's some parts that like I said it's, it's it's a little sloppy and a little bit too many things going on at once but the parts that are good are really good so that's pretty much how I feel about this movie I know a lot of people have different opinions about this movie it's one of Nolan's slightly mixed uh, opinion movies, and I say slightly because it's favorable. I think it's uh, you know it's considered a favorable movie overall, but there are a few people who uh, don't consider it as good as The Dark Knight or The Batman Begins. I personally like this movie better than Batman Begins, but I don't like it better than The Dark Knight. So, but I think it's really good. It starts out really well. It's almost kind of like, because when I saw the end of The Dark Knight, I almost kind of wondered if they ever were to make a sequel to The Dark Knight, where in the world they would even go from there. And uh, the kind of some of the places that Christopher uh, Nolan takes this movie are definitely places I probably wouldn't have taken it, but I like some of the areas he explored. I like the fact that it was kind of like it was 10 years later and he's kind of this if you've never seen the movie before, I won't talk too much about it. But um, but he's basically, I'm assuming, though, if you're a Christopher Nolan fan, you've probably seen this movie. So it's one of his more popular ones, you know, like the Dark Knight Inception and, um, you know, the Dark Knight Rises, I think, are like an interstellar, like some of the, his most popular ones. And uh, but So I'm assuming you've seen it. But, yeah, I like the fact that it takes place like 10 years later and Batman is kind of this washed up, you know, hero, and it's almost kind of the opposite story within Batman himself. It's almost kind of the opposite story of um, The Dark Knight. The Dark Knight, and it's kind of like Batman wants to live a normal life, but there's no one really to carry carry the mantle of what he's doing, so he feels like he's responsible for... Being Batman, he has to be the hero of Gotham. He feels like it's his responsibility, but he doesn't really want to do it anymore. He, you know, he got started in Batman Begins because he wanted to go into the city and he wanted to fight against these people. Uh, But in The Dark Knight, it's kind of like he doesn't really want to do it anymore. He wants to just live his normal life. And uh, but he just doesn't feel like he should because he feels like, like I said, he started this and he feels like he's responsible for holding this up. Of course, he tries to try to pass the mantle on to Harvey Dent. And of course, that doesn't work out if you've seen the end of the movie of The Dark Knight. So basically, Batman kind of does this fallout plan where he basically allows everybody in the city to believe that he did all, did all these horrible things in order to serve kind of two purposes. One, he wanted Harvey Dent to be the hero of Gotham so badly that even though he, you know, did become wind up becoming a villain, um, he still wanted people to believe that his, um, you know, the, people, the person they looked up to was uh, still a good person. And that was one reason. Like I said, he didn't want people of the city to believe that someone like Harvey Dent could become a bad guy, you know. And that was kind of reason number one. Reason number two was he kinda I think he saw it honestly, kind of saw it as a a fall plan to where he was able to, okay, well now I don't have to do this anymore because now people are going to hate me so much that they're not going to want me, you know, you know, going around and saving their city anymore in general. You know, of course there's always going to be people who are fans of gonna be, you know, look up to Batman no matter what, you know, people adults have told them what happened. Well, did you hear about all these horrible things Batman did, you know, blah blah blah. There's always going to still be people that look up to him, but as a whole the city kind of turned on him and that's kind of I think what um you know Bruce Wayne wanted. He didn't since he did not want to do this anymore. He kind of looked at it as a good way to opt out, I guess you could say. So, in the the Dark Knight Rises, kind of the exact opposite happens. He tries so hard to become Batman again. And the city, and there's lots of parts of the city. Now, the police force themselves don't want him to come back, but a, a good portion of the city actually does. They want him to come back and be Batman again, and but he's just not Batman anymore. He can't. He can't do it. It's like internally, he doesn't want to do it, and he just can't do it. Uh, but the city wants him to do it. Like I said in the Dark Knight, it's kind of more the other way around. By the end of the movie, the city doesn't want him anymore because they think he did all these horrible things. He doesn't want to do it, but he's got to do it. And this one, it's kind of the exact opposite. It's like he wants to do it, but he's he can't do it. You know, he's not. It's kind of like he's not supposed to be Batman, but he wants to be Batman anyway because he feels like that's the best option. So, like I said, um, it's kind of opposite stories to. Uh, the Dark Knight, which I find very interesting, and um, I like, like I said, there's large parts of this movie I really, really like. I just think some parts, especially toward the end, fall a little bit sloppy. I didn't care for some of the decisions with some of the characters and stuff like that. Um, I thought that were kind of poor choices. If I were to do this movie, write the screenplay or whatever, I would have changed a couple of things. Um, but other than that, yeah, I, I thought it was really well made, and probably honestly the best way this series could have ended. Uh, I don't. I think the series. The interesting thing about the Dark Knight series uh, trilogy is, uh, if you watch Batman Begins, this Dark, the Dark Knight Rises is probably the only one you can't just watch as a standalone movie. But Batman Begins could easily just be a standalone movie. It was never even intended to have a sequel, according to Christopher Nolan. He said he the only reason why they ended it with that whole little Joker wink and nod was it was exactly supposed to be that. Just a wink and a nod to the series, you know, the Batman series as a whole. It wasn't intended to try to be sequel bait, Um but, you know, they decided they, you know, WB, I believe, approached them and asked them if they wanted to make a sequel. So they said, well, if we're going to make a sequel, you know, let's get, go to the drawing board and figure out what we want to do. Because like I said, we didn't really have any ideas for a sequel because it was never supposed to have one. And so when they created the Dark Knight, though, they kind of created the Dark Knight in an interesting way where you don't even have to watch Batman Begins. The Dark Knight is actually a good standalone movie. I tell people all the time that haven't seen the Dark Knight trilogy. I was like, if you haven't seen the Dark Knight trilogy, I was like, I strongly recommend just, and you're not really a huge Batman fan, and you, maybe you're just not interested in investing all the time into watching the entire trilogy. I was like, I highly recommend just watching the Dark Knight just as a standalone movie. I was like, The Dark Knight makes a great just standalone movie. The interesting thing about the the Dark Knight series is they're not really... I mentioned earlier that I'm not the biggest Batman fan. I mean, I don't hate Batman. I'm just not the biggest Batman fan. Um, But the reason why I like these movies so much is they're not really Batman movies. They're really more like crime drama. And The Dark Knight Rises is kind of like a crime drama mixed war movie almost. Uh, movies but, you know, kind of redemption movies, I guess you could call them, um, that just happened to feature Batman. It's kind of like the the story comes first and Batman's just kind of the face of these movies, if you will. Like, these movies could easily be told with any character. Like, if you, you could re- remove Batman from these movies and put a completely different superhero in there or put a... Um, you know, a different person in there, like maybe it was just a, like, Christopher Nolan could have made up his own superhero, and these movies would have still worked as a story. Now, they may not be as popular, (laughs) that I will agree, because it doesn't have Batman in them, but they still would have worked as structurally as they did, because these stories are not structured to be Batman movies, these stories are structured to be, like, uh, you know, it's story first, that just, Batman's in them, you know. And I think that's the reason why I like these movies so much, like I said, um because they don't really feel like Batman movies. And The Dark Knight is probably out of all three of them, The Dark Knight is the one that feels the least amount of uh Batman as it is. It it really like Batman um is not even the protagonist in the movie. Protagonist in the movie, Harvey Dent is. The only difference is, is he's a protagonist that fails. You know, he basically falls to the dark side. But he is the protagonist of the film. You know, Batman is the protagonist of the first one. Harvey Dent's the protagonist of the uh, second one. And then I would probably say... um, What is his name? Um... My mind just went blank. <laughs> he he goes. His first name is Robin, but it's not actually Rob Robin, as in Batman and Robin. Uh, I think he calls his name. Uh, what was his name? It, it's he's played by Joseph Gordon Levitt. Um, anyway, I, I'll remember it maybe as time goes on. My mind's drawn a blank, but his character is almost kind of like the, he's the protagonist, kind of of the third one. Uh, and it's interesting that, like I said, that's why I'm talking about. Like a Batman really doesn't need to be in these movies at all, but it is nice to, you know, it is cool to see Batman movies that uh, are told this way, and I really like that. Uh, The Dark Knight is actually probably my favorite movie by Christopher Nolan, and then uh, The Dark Knight Rises would be up there too. Uh, It's definitely not my second favorite, but it's up there as one of them. Um, But yeah, that's kind of how I got introduced to Christopher Nolan. Uh, And then a few years later... Several years later I decided I started doing this um type of binge watching type thing with movies. You ever try to come up with creative ways to binge watch movies instead of just instead of just like watching a typical series like maybe you want to watch the Star Wars series or something for an example like instead of just watching episodes 1 through 6 or episode 1 through 9 or whatever. Uh, maybe you want to kind of cre- come up with creative ways to watch movies. So I basically did just that. I um, came up with a concept. I was like, "What if you watched like movies that were released, ordered, that were written and directed by a specific director? Like all of like Let's say you watched all of James Cameron's movies in order. Like you would start with the, well, technically his first movie is the Prana Two, but <laughs> he really kind of gets his start with. The Terminator, the first Terminator movie. So, like, you would watch The Terminator and watch all the way up to, like, uh, Avatar. And uh, and so it's kind of an interesting, fun way to watch movies in order. So I started doing this with certain directors. Well, then I got to Christopher Nolan, and I decided, I was like, well, I don't even really know what some of his fir- first films were. So I had to kind of look them up. And I found out his first movie was this uh, independent film that he made called Following. So which by the way Christopher Nolan always he with the, with the exception of a few of his movies most of his movies are all one word <laughs> titled it's like you got following insomnia memento inception you know a uh, tenet a uh, dunkirk you know all of these like just one word Interstellar. I don't know what it is about that. The only exceptions would be the Batman ones and then the Prestige, which is technically two because it's the Prestige. I guess he could have just called it Prestige. I don't know. Uh, but this one is Following. And so this was the first film I saw, the this Christopher Nolan's first film. And I saw it just a few years ago, like I said, when I was doing this series. So I started with Following. And I thought it was really Uh, A very interesting film, but also a very weird film. If you really think about what the story is, (laughs) I I won't spoil anything if you haven't seen this movie, but if you ever... um seen the this movie and think about real in-depth of like the story of this movie it's it's a very strange movie it's kind of weird that someone would even come up with this concept so but yeah that's uh pretty much i saw following and then of course uh after following um it caught enough attention by the uh some of these production companies i can't remember the name of which one that uh it was able to um work with Christopher Nolan and that's when he worked on his concept that he was working on for a couple of years called Memento, a movie that's uh, most people say it's told backwards. It's technically not told backwards. It's actually told forward and backward at the same time and then it kind of meets in the middle of the film sort of and uh, because it starts where it's um, it's told there's certain scenes that are told forward the scenes that are told forward are in color because they start with um, Um, or excuse me, I think it's the other way around the scenes that are told, um, in black and white, I think are told forward. Um, but they're basically the scenes that are being told forward are in black and white, um, or it might be vice versa. (laughs) My mind's confusing the two. I think I'm pretty sure it's black and white are told forward. Uh, And the scenes in color are told backwards because the scenes in color is like the main part of the story. It's sort of the events of everything that happened after the middle of the movie is the scenes that are in color and they keep going backwards with the scene like you'll get a little snippet of the movie scenes and then you'll get a little another snippet of something that happened before the scene you just saw. And then, then it continues from there. Then you get another little scene of something that happened before those two scenes that you just saw. And then, in between all of this that is happening, all these black and white scenes are also being shown. And those are the ones that are in um, that are being told forward. They're the old. This is all the things that happened before the middle of the movie, and they're being told forward. And so, yeah. So that's pretty much how the structure. It's it's kind of it sounds messy when you. Uh, Think about it. It's a big mess of a movie that somehow Christopher Nolan just made work. I don't know how he did it. It's probably because the story is actually really simple. That's probably the main flaw with this movie, with Memento. If this movie were actually were to be told forward, um, it would actually be probably kind of a slightly boring movie, and that's basically the fun of the movie. That's what makes the movie interesting is the fact that it's told in a way. It's a movie that's an example of... a how movies don't always have to have an amazing story sometimes it's all about with sometimes with movies it's about the cinematography it's how good things look the structure of things the style of things i know a lot of people praise uh, quentin tarantino on his style of movies if you ever think about quentin tarantino's stories just by themselves the stories a lot of times or sometimes can be really simplistic cuz like if you think about the movie like reservoir dogs i mean it's just a crime drama movie where they're just running away from the scene of the crime of where they just tried to rob a bank and they're running away essentially as essentially is the entire movie. And then they're holding in a hiding place. But the style of things of the way the movie is told is very interesting because it's instead of told the events that leads up to the crime, it tells the events that, um, after everything that just happened. And then you also get this interesting concept of this undercover cop being in the mix of things and he's trying so hard to keep his cover and um, the other guy wants to trust him, but he's kind of on the fence a little bit, so it's kind of told interestingly in that way. Um, but his, you know, Quentin Tarantino's movies are very praised for their style, not so much for their story. And this is another example of a movie like with Christopher Nolan. Where it's really good on its style, maybe not as strong on its story, which is okay because, like I said, the movie where it really shines is, like I said, the style of where it's told. And that's that's I think that's what I love about movies is, like I said, it can be more than just the story. It's more than just the characters. Sometimes it's about the cinema I mean, cinematography. It's about the style of things. It's how good things are look or don't look and it i like how movies can uh, be creative with things like that but yeah that's in a nutshell that's my interesting uh, or that's my <laughs> i just said interesting that's my introduction i mean uh, to christopher nolan movies uh, he is definitely my favorite director now uh, i just mentioned quentin tarantino quentin tarantino is probably my second favorite but Christopher Nolan, I just, I really love. I mostly his earlier films are, I think, is where most of my praise goes in. Don't get me wrong, I, I love Interstellar, I love Dunkirk, and I even like Tenet. But I, it really, with his earlier films, is where like most of my love of his work comes from. There's just something about his first like three or four or five films that he just did so well. Like I said, and uh, I just really like it. I really like him. But yeah, so hopefully uh, you'll ch- continue to check out the podcast. More episodes are definitely on the way, and I want to start talking about, eventually we'll start talking about some of his movies um, individually and get, go more in-depth and in reviewing them and what I think about specific parts and stuff like that. Um, that'll come eventually. And I'll also probably on this podcast I will probably also mention uh, some news updates to maybe some new films that came. I mean, Tenet just came out like last year, so probably a another year or two before we see another movie by Christopher Nolan. Um, But um, if I do see any news or updates, I'll definitely be sure to um, show them on here uh, or tell about them on here because um, since this is a podcast all about Christopher Nolan's movies and his um, uh, stuff, so yeah, big fan of him. Hopefully you are too. If you are, definitely check out future episodes of the podcast. And I uh, also have... Other podcasts, if you want to check them out, uh, all the podcast links will be in the pod uh, description below, the podcast catcher uh, description. Um, I also have a YouTube channel if you want to check it out. Like I said, all the links are below. And, um, yeah, so if you want to check those out, that's good. I just said that like three times. Uh, I am Kevin Emery. This is the Nolan Cast, and I'm out. (laughs)